What's up, listeners? Welcome back to Predator vs. Movies. I'm Alex. I'm Aiden. Yeah. What? No Peter My name week. doesn't go there. No, I know. He's <laughs> he's too busy. He's he's got his uh, school. He's gotta get an education. School comes first, kids. Uh, but uh, here around these parts, no school. Uh, this is a podcast where we discuss and review the latest movie releases. We're going to start off with a non-spoiler review before diving into a deeper discussion of the film. Then we're going to ask the most important question. Would this movie be better if the alien from Predator was in it? This week, we're going to be reviewing the movie How to Blow Up a Pipeline. Uh, but before we get into that, we have some news. Uh, first up, Jonathan Wick Numero Sank. Psycho yeah. de Mayo is in early development. What are your thoughts on that, Aiden? Well, if I'm not mistaken, that was, like, the p- proposed plan, like, years ago, right? Yeah. And so, I don't know, like, I think I've said this on the pod before. It's like, I really do feel like this is a franchise they could make, like, a lot of. I think they could replicate this formula. <laughs> yeah. And I, I do think, like, sure, you do risk the point. You do risk a, a point of no return when death doesn't necessarily mean anything anymore. Um, but I don't entirely care, I don't, I don't think. Mm-hmm. I think that, I think that uh, John Wick can come back to life or have had never died. You know, I don't know how you spin that, but yeah. I don't know. I, mean, I'm, I, I would be excited for it. Even watching... Four. I was really kind of doubting that he died. It, it yeah. took a while to sink in and be like, "Oh no, he's actually dead," because the post credit yeah. scene didn't support his aliveness so much. But I was like, I was skeptical because I was like, "Oh no, he's he's fine. He was shot like three times in yeah. a series where he is constantly shot. Like that should not. What what happened to him? I was kind of surprised that that did him in, but um. I'm honestly more interested to see the uh, the characters at the end, uh, Donnie Yen's character and oh yeah, um, I forget what her name is, but uh, is it the uh, what, what's the name oh. of the 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 continental there? Is it the Osaka? I think so. I think it's the actor is Rina Sawayama. Yeah. Yeah, I want to see what happens there. Like for sure, I think that's where they should pick up. Maybe even let her be the lead in the new franchise of the sorry of the new installment, and then kind of like like I think it'd be more interesting if if we start with her, and then it's like whispers of John Wick still being around, and then she like seeks him out and finds him, oh, and then he that can like be fun, yeah. her, you know. Flip that can the, be fun. I don't know. I think I would still want him to be the lead of it, though. But I like that being like the road into the story. He can show up fairly early, I think. But yeah, I, I still think that like yeah. The only issue is you're gonna get some repetitiveness from four if it's the same three characters, you know. If it's Wick and Donnie again, again, you know, that would be my concern. I, I I don't think that's true. I think you can be inventive with it. Okay. Well, we'll find out, I guess. Um, yeah. We also uh, can, can the film festival at, in the French little town of Cannes. In the French, has in the French been, place, yeah. Yeah. It's been in, uh, dans le petit ville de Cannes. Uh, the, the film festival has been, yeah, yeah wow, has been oh, uh, wow. happening, and some reactions from some movies have been coming out. So lots of good reactions. 
people yeah, have been lots liking, of stuff to be excited for. Absolutely, people have been uh, saying good stuff about Scorsese's new film, Colors of the Fire Moon. Um, the Palm Palm Doors can, and they I think that was given to a movie called Anatomy of a Fall, which sounds very interesting. Um, mm. There's lots of buzz about a movie called uh, I think it's the the Zone of is it the Zone of Interest or the Field of Interest? Yeah, I think it is the Zone of Interest. Yeah. I'm going to double check that. We're poorly researched here. Uh, yeah, Astro- Asteroid City also is one that got a lot of yes. a lot of good buzz. And that's exciting. Yes. It is in fact called The Zone of Interest. Um, and uh, into this or across the Spider-Verse has got a uh, good buzz. So lots of lots of very positive reactions and lots of movies I'm very excited to see. Now conversely, yeah. <laughs> there's uh, <clears throat> there's been some rather negative reactions. Uh, before we get into the main event, uh, people have seen uh, Indiana Jones 5 and the Dial of Destiny. I don't think the 5 is in the title properly, but um, oh, that'd really? be kind of funny. Indiana Jones 5 and the Dial of Destiny yeah. doesn't <laughs> Are any of the other ones the like title. that? I don't think they are, are they? No, they don't have the numbers in them. Yeah. Uh, it's just the, the colons. Uh, yeah. But people have seen this one, and I guess Disney thought they had a good movie on their hands, and then it subsequently shat the bed uh because people yeah. hate it which is i think is really funny um, yeah i think i i kind of like from the first trailer i was like this does not look like this looks off to me and i remember um it is strange though because i remember seeing a reaction that like spielberg had seen it and said wow i thought i was i thought i was the only guy who knew how to make one of these but I've increasingly, <laughs> in in the last year, I've increasingly become very wary of such marketing tactics, yes, where you get like respected guy to like something, and because I think like the, the Flash is like the clearest example of that. Like, there's no exactly. way that movie's gonna be good. Um, so yeah, yeah, I, I actually I'm not very surprised by this. And I'm pretty sure Spielberg is probably like an executive producer on that movie, so he is like a reason to lie like you know you of course you would be like yeah this is so good i i my name is on it you know um i i mean i like james mangold and i think he's the director and i think yeah he's made some you know good films even in uh like franchises so like he did logan and that was fantastic so um i do just think this is probably probably a lot of it is scripts um at the script level, and it, from what I've heard, it sounds like very Force Awakens era Lucasfilm. Like it's it's all of the reminding you why you love it, but without any of the kind of like the characteristics that actually like people liked about it. You know, it's been kind of sanded down to a, a Disney um, kind of appropriate version of of what the classic franchise was, and yeah. Yeah, sure. Also I mean, like, I I will say, like, I feel like it's probably not all script because, I mean, it's just the trailer. But like, the clips I've seen from it, like, they just truly, like, they just don't have the same kind of like kinetic action directing. I mean, like, mm-hmm. you're going against Spielberg, so like, yeah, obviously, that like, like awesome. that's yeah. So it's hard. But like, there's even been one clip uh, that's been going around on Twitter from Indiana Jones Four which is a movie I don't like that much for a few different reasons. 
But it's just, like, the introduction of Indy in that movie where it starts with this silhouette on the car, and it's like, oh, we get, like, a, the sting of music, and it's like, oh, he's this noble, adventurous character that we know, but then we see a bunch of soldiers run around, and they swivel the camera around with us, and it's like, wait, something's wrong here, and then we see an older, tired-looking, concerned Indy. And it's like, like, that's great directing. Like, how one yeah. shot just tells that story, like, that quickly like five seconds in we have such a good sense of where we're at just using visuals and a bit of musical score and uh, yeah so like that's what you're going up against and that's not even like one of the good one of the best indiana jones movies um so yeah i i i I just can't imagine liking this that much yeah I, i yeah i think i think you're absolutely right that you know when you're trying to add on to like the legacy Spielberg built, you're just gonna fall short, kinda. But um yeah. we last bit of uh Can's reaction is probably the most interesting to us. Uh a little television series by one Sam is it Levison? Levinson, There's... I think. Levinson. I was gonna say I'm yeah. pretty sure there's a second end in there. By Sam Levinson, the creator of um Euphoria, Euphoria. and I think I think he did Malcolm and Marie and yeah. stuff like that. Uh, his new series with uh, The Weeknd, The Idol, premiered, uh, and he, he got some amount of standing ovation, and he I think he shed some tears uh, while there. Uh, but yeah. uh, it's very, very bad, apparently. <laughs> it's, it's terrible, in fact. I think it's... Yeah. The, like, it won... It beat a record or something. Like, it's the lowest rated thing on maybe Metacritic or something. Like, it's abysmal it's really bad yeah. yeah it's like i think it's like one of the it's like one of the lowest rated hbo shows ever made if not the lowest yes right off yeah. the bat it is um and so that's awesome good for them uh but that i mean <laughs> Shoot I, for the like, stars. <laughs> and so every but i mean everything i've heard from this like has made me be like this is gonna be stupid like on the from the one hand like Every time the show gets criticized, they just respond saying something like, it looks oh like we're God, making yeah. the people upset. Mm, maybe <laughs> you just can't handle our show. Oh, what? Yeah. You've never seen a sex before? Like, it's it's like a, <laughs> yeah. it's like a yeah. high school, it's like a high school, like, click, like, bully click, like, trying to convince you to, like, hey, loser, watch our show, idiot, more, you it's, fucking dork. They think that, like, <laughs> By being edgy and like doing, you know, sexy things with and like revealing lots of, you know, women's bodies that they're being edgy and and it's like or like that they're being auteuristic or you know pushing the envelope and it's like no yeah. you're you're literally just being edgy for edgy's sake and you're not actually you're not saying anything despite the fact that you might think you are. We're um, assuming we haven't seen the show, but it does that seem true. like that's the. <laughs> like that's, we are that's just basing our reactions on trailers, what we've heard, and critics' reactions. I feel yeah. pretty safe though, knowing about this so guy's re- reputation that I'm not going to watch it because it it sounds like disturbing and gross as a television yeah. series, and it sounds like it sounds like it is not substantive at all. Like all I will no. say. I will admit this, that, like, I've never seen a Sam Levinson production, but I think that, like, everything I've seen from him feels like it is generally empty, meaningless aesthetics and over-directing. 
and like that's just that's just the impression I get. Uh, like where it's just like, it, like an inability to just like put a camera down and construct a scene and make something like really tangible and great. Um, and yeah, I, I don't uh, like that. That's just the impression I get from like clips and whatever. And because I've I've seen like bits and pieces of Euphoria, like never a full episode. Um, but yeah, that's that's my that's my take on it. So yeah, and what I do know is behind the scenes. There was originally, uh, I can't recall if it was a director or if it was a writer. I feel like it was a director, though, who was working with uh, Tesfe with The weekend on oh, creating yeah, the project. It was, and I, it was like, the director was, of, was, yeah. Have you seen the she movie was, She Dies Tomorrow? Uh, no. Oh, uh, she directed that. I heard of it, though. So she was heavily involved in the project, maybe even like a co-creator. I'm not for sure. Maybe Aiden can fact check me on this. But Yeah, um, I think she was originally involved in it, yeah. But Tesfe actually fired her because he felt the male perspective wasn't being served enough, that it wasn't being centered on the male perspective. Of course, he's playing, uh, I think, the lead character in the, in the show. And yeah. so he, he decided he thought there was too much of the female perspective. Uh, which is just, frankly, an absurd thing to say in the year 2023 after, you know, the, year of the, the Lord, changes yeah. Hollywood has gone through in the past decade. That's crazy to be like, there's too much woman in this, you know? <laughs> the show is too feminine. We need to get rid of these women, you know? Like, that's yeah. that's terrible. Um, yeah. Did you did you yeah, find anything so. for, us, for us, Aiden? Yeah, so she originally was uh, was set to direct all of the episodes uh, and, is, le- yeah. has, and left the project. Um, yeah, and I did remember seeing the same report that it was the weekend saying that she wasn't uh, <laughs> she wasn't centering on the male perspective enough. Um, I don't know. I mean, like, there's a certain amount. Like, we should add in. There's a certain amount of like reports like that are like sensational and like to be circulated. True. So like. True. It's it's true like it's the kind of thing that like you see and it just goes around but not not would not be surprised based off what we've other things we've seen in the show so yeah yeah like and when you combine that with the reactions to negative feedback they've gotten it it yeah. adds up you know yeah the the uh, the edginess the kind of like inability to receive criticism and respond in a mature way the yeah. hiring of Sam Levinson, <laughs> like, it's all very, uh, it's it's a pattern. Um, but uh, that's enough talk about something we're not going to watch. How about some things that we probably will be watching? Wow, look yeah. at the segue. Uh, speaking of segues, let's hop into the trailer park. Vroom, vroom, vroom. That's the sound of my yeah. segue motoring <laughs> off into the trailer park. That was a I've loud segue. I've souped up my segue. I've tricked it out. Uh, first of all, we have the trailer. We finally got the trailer for I Think You Should Leave. And it is, in fact, coming out for us in two days. <gasps> I'm, like, it's so soon. I'm very excited. I'm very excited for that, too. Yeah, I mean, like, I I just watched this trailer moments before we recorded the podcast. but Mere moments. Because yeah. I, I knew I was going to watch it anyway. But, yeah, like, if you just get tim robinson just going just like playing a character that feels the need to over explain himself like that's just a that's yeah. just a recipe for success for me <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> and I'm su- I'm super excited about both returning cast. So they got uh, it's Patty Patty Lupone, I think. Oh um, yeah, yeah. I I really like her um, like the Charlie Brown sketch. Um, yeah. About getting trapped <laughs> under the balloon. Uh, so she's coming back, and oh, I thought there was someone else, but um, they have also coming. Our Tim Robinson is coming, and. Uh, yeah, Edebiri is coming. There's some good guest stars this season. It's Jason, Jason Schwartzman. Schwartzman is, is yeah. yeah, lots of lot. And I was like, like they're doing the cast list. I was like, whoa, we got some good guest stars. Uh, yeah. So very excited for that. How quickly do you think you're gonna go through that show? Uh, once I get to it, I'll probably like knock it all down. I don't know if I can yeah. watch it in the next little bit, but w- once I am at a point where I can, yeah, I'll probably consume that very quickly. Yeah. Uh, we also got a new trailer for uh, one Mattel's Barbie. Um, this is, I think, the second kind of full trailer. Uh, and it definitely reveals a lot more of uh, what the plot is, which is uh, I, I realized at some point that I was kind of uh, maybe lacking in information about what the Barbie movie was going to be. And I, yeah. it did really feel like we were seeing we were only seeing stuff from like the first 20 minutes yeah. which is yeah. a common trailer tactic and a safe trailer tactic and I, I think that's perfectly fine especially if you're going to do two trailers ultimately it's kind of nice to space out how much you're revealing but yeah. um, I think this did a lot for me in my excitement I was definitely I I had a, a momentary concern about you know what if Barbie was bad <laughs> what if there, and it's still there's still a chance the Barbie movie is bad, but I think this trailer kind of assuaged my concerns a bit. How about you? I actually don't like this trailer very much. Like okay. I, I still am actually pretty confident that I'm gonna like the movie and that I think it's gonna be good. But the thing that I think it's just the way this trailer like sets it up, the thing where it's like if you hate Barbie, you're gonna love this movie. Like, oh, that's, like, next, yeah. that's where, like, title cards are come up. And, yeah, I mean, like, I, I, I think it's great that you have a really great director who is, like, tackling this, who's tackling the idea of what if Barbie came to the real world because she's going to be able to tease out very interesting ideas from that, whereas, like, a lot of, like, you could probably make a very similar movie with a director who just isn't interested in that and would just make, like, a pretty straight fish-out-of-water comedy, I suppose. Um... So like yeah, I'm like the I'm still excited regardless. But yeah, I think this trailer I don't like this trailer. Okay, fair enough. Um there's there's a couple things that I really do like about it. Like the fact that when she's in the real world, this is the first time we're seeing the real world. Uh, I think besides maybe one shot of Will Ferrell in the first trailer. Um but that like she kind of loses her shine, like it's filmed differently so that like yeah. it's kind of it's maybe desaturated, and of course they're they were filming on sets in in Barbie Land, um, and so she kind of like I saw someone's uh, interpretation is that it's going to be like uh, the transition to womanhood and kind of like losing your childhood innocence and kind mm-hmm. of like learning the realities of the world for for women specifically, and I think that's a really interesting idea. Um, I like that, like, Ken just seems to be, like, a both a himbo, but also maybe a bit of a misogynist, and that they're just yeah. going to kind of, like, play with that. 
um the the bit with the doctor is kind of funny yeah that's um, very interesting that that's interesting that the moment he would come to the real world he would just immediately attach himself to learn like, the power source that exists there yeah. <laughs> yeah um and yeah the like the stuff about like how she when she decides to go into the real world like she has flat feet which i had heard about but this is the first time the trailer reveals it uh, i think that's really fun and then the option the matrix option of the high-heeled shoe or, or the birkenstock yeah. is just that's hilarious that's so funny to me um so yeah i'm very excited are you gonna watch oppenheimer first or barbie first i don't know that's, i don't know i i've been thinking about like do you want like i guess it's like do you want more serious or more fun first like, <laughs> like, like <laughs> I like this kind of like stoner energy you brought to that question. You're like, uh, do you want like, do you want more like serious or do you like want more fun, dude? Like that's what it comes down to. Yeah, I think like, I don't know. I'm I don't kind know. of in in the camp of maybe doing Oppenheimer and then Barbie as a chaser kind of thing. Sure. I just. Like, I'm more excited to see Barbie, I think. And I just feel like ending on Oppenheimer is going to be strange, you know? Yeah. It's sure. weird to watch yeah. the I, more I think that's a good idea, first. to watch the one you're more excited for second. And so, yeah, I think I will watch Barbie second, actually, yeah. To, to like, greater expectations kind of thing. Yeah. But um, I will say, I think I will make sure to like eat in between them or something so i have a little bit of time to digest yeah. in more than one way Ooh. <laughs> yeah nice. i will I digest as i'm ingesting yeah mm. lots of gestation going on a lot of gesting right? yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but i'm not jesting about that no yeah um, nice uh there's one last trailer we're going to talk about uh the a film from uh, Julio Julio Torres, uh, yeah. who's a comedian and I think a filmmaker as well. Uh, yeah, he he made a show yeah. called he made a show that I watched called uh, Los Spookies, which was like really yes, fucking right. funny. And he was like his character in it is so so funny. I haven't seen that. What what is it about? I haven't I haven't seen it yet. It's about like a a group in Mexico who are who like um, put on like ghost shows like they, they'll like set up like <laughs> like supernatural like people will hire them to for example like make it seem like a house is haunted or something it's, like it's that. like a prank show right pranks but like no, i think i might but like know? they're not pranks like they're trying they're trying to like most of the things they're hired for are trying to convince someone that a ghost is real or something like that or that like there's that or that there is a yeah. there's one episode where they have to like they have to convince a group of tourists that there's like a sea monster in the thing and so yeah nice. like and that that's what they do they just like put on ghost productions cool okay no yeah. i'm excited but the the trailer stars um the just the trailer the movie as well uh stars julio and uh tilda swinton and it follows him as he's he's an immigrant to the u.s and he has to get um like a sponsor and he works for this like just terrible person played by Tilda, and yeah. uh, he's hoping that she will eventually sponsor his immigration to the U.S. And it's it's um, the way I was thinking about it while I was watching the trailer was like this is what I wanted, but was afraid to be 
Like, mm. like it seems yeah. like they're taking the level of visual inventiveness of that movie and going one up more than that. And I and having substance. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> uh, this is just based on the trailer, and I mean, yeah. I I saw the trailer for Bo's Afraid, and I was excited, and then ultimately let down. So I am skeptical. I will say that, but I. Uh, what can I say? I was wowed by the trailer. I was. This was a movie I had seen like behind the scenes photos of, and I was like, I don't know, Tilda Swinton in a weird wig, whatever. But the trailer really, really did sell me on this. I'm, I'm quite uh, anticipating this. Uh, what do you think about it, Aiden? Yeah, I think it looks great. I think like you said, visually inventive, and uh, yeah, I like having seen the show. Like I, having seen Los of Spookies, I think that that's um, that's definitely another exciting aspect for me. Yeah, I th- I think that like it de- I kind of agree with you that it seems to have like the same vibe as Bo is afraid, but I do think that like even just based off like the premise, there seems to be a lot more that you can tease out ideas from. I think I'm using that phrase a lot today. Did I say that same thing about Barbie? I don't <laughs> I don't think so. I'll keep track oh, now. Okay. Though. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, I think that there's there's a lot here and it seems like it seems like they're trying to play with a lot of big ideas in a grounded way while also being kind of visually out there. So that, that sounds yeah, Yeah. And I think, I think you're onto something that maybe that's the difference between that and Bo's Afraid is that Bo's Afraid didn't seem to display maybe too many ideas in the trailer. Like yeah. it was kind of one note perhaps. And this, I, I can already see a couple of ideas being teased out perhaps yeah um, yeah yeah you can anyways. watch the trailer and see a few directions this might go in yeah yeah so i'm i'm quite excited for that but we did watch a movie uh aiden can you tell us a little bit about said movie so we watched a movie known as how to blow up a pipeline uh it was directed by daniel goldhaber and written by Ari- ariella bearer Dan- jordan Scholl, and uh, Daniel Goldhaber himself uh, stars Ariella Bear, uh, Christine Froseth, Lucas Gage, Forrest Goodluck, Sasha Lane, Jamie Lawson, Marcus Scribner, Jake Weary, and Irene Bedard. The DOP was Tahila DeCastro. It was edited by Daniel Garber and music by Gavin Brivik. We got a runtime of a cool hour 44 and a current box office of $856,530. That's a specific number. Well, it's not that much, <laughs> so they, they're counting to the last dime. Um, yeah. It's it's funny. It reminds me of the, the reveal of the box office of, um, of Bo's Afraid. I'll see if I can find it because that was really funny to me. Um, <laughs> I'll find it. Yeah. Well, what was the budget? I, I, what was... How what the, was the pipe? Yeah, pipeline budget. I, I, oh, it, it uh, Wikipedia didn't have it. So the budget of Bo is Afraid, though I do have it was thirty five million, and its box office yeah. was ten point seven million. So not even close to what it should have. What you one would hope it would amount to. Um, yeah. Probably because it was three hours and people didn't care for it uh, quite enough to make people want to watch that. Uh, but yeah. I. I I really liked someone reacted on Twitter with a with a short clip from Superbad and it was it was um uh what is his name not Seth Rogen Jonah Hill it was Jonah Hill yeah. like counting <laughs> yeah. the money they've collected and he's like yeah. what is this this is 7 dollars <laughs> it's, <not, laughs> 
And so that's what I feel like the Huddle Blow Up a Pipeline box office is like. It's just $7. Um, but yeah, so thank you for uh, delivering the movie information. We have a game that we Yeah, I'm play. trying. Sorry. I was just trying to look at the for the budget really quick and... I don't know. It, it must be sm- it, like watching the movie. You can tell it's small, but yeah, um, yeah, yeah, it could not possibly have been that much. Uh, yeah. I tend to find that if it's not on Wikipedia, I'm not going to find it, so I don't bother. Um, so we have a game. It's called Predacritic. There's a website on the internet called Metacritic where critic scores of a movie are tabulated. Out of a hundred, if it gets sixty or above, it's green. If it's eighty or above, it's must see. If it's uh, like uh, sixty to like forty-five or something, it's yellow. And if it's below that, it's red. We are going to guess where uh, how to blow up a pipeline lands in that metric. I am going first. I spun the wheel, and it landed on me. Nice. I'm going to guess. Uh, okay, I think this is a quite a good movie. Uh, I think it's going to land solidly in the 80s. I'm going to go with 81. I Okay, I promise I'm not <laughs> just playing the game here, but I am torn between... I think this might be in the 70s, just off of, like... I think there are some critics that won't like this quite as much. And so... I will go 80 <laughs> because I do. <laughs> I'm not just playing the game. Play I was the going game. to guess low 80s and I just, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. I have in fact looked it up, looked it up and you did in fact guess towards the correct answer. You do win this round. It received a 77. Oh, okay. uh, I think, I think that's fair. Honestly, it's, I, well, we'll get into it, I suppose. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so now that we have the scores guessed, Aiden, seeing as you're the winner, you do get to deliver your non-spoiler reaction. What did you think of How to Blow Up a Pipeline? I liked it a lot. Uh, I Yeah, I watched this movie last night. I very much enjoyed it. Um, there, I like how it's a very like tender look at these characters who are doing a very extreme, a very extreme thing. I think it's very um, timely and topical. I think it encapsulates a lot of the fears and worries of particularly young people of the time. I think it does a good job of showing how a diverse array of people would come by circumstances. And I, I don't just mean diverse in terms of like like obvious identity markers, but just like in terms of circumstances as well. Um yeah, I, I think that I love the cinematography of this. I think the grainy feel is like is perfect. Like that's exactly what you want. I love like that there is a mix of nat like hard naturalism as you know, like they're in these real real expansive places. Um, but then there's also like some pretty like uh, there's a there's a clear uh, amount of attention put on the movement of the camera and exactly what the camera is doing and not that you can't do that in naturalism but like there's a there's a certain brand of naturalism in which you've you've just put the camera down and you're just watching this thing play out and this movie's not doing that and I think I think that's interesting not that it's bad to do that um, I like the I like the deep focus so yeah there's like there's a lot of things to really like about the cinematography here I will say that I think that this movie could perhaps go into some of its core ideas a little bit more. I think that some of the characters come out of this slightly underdeveloped, I think. 
And I think that there's a little bit more you could do. I think some of the dialogue is a little on the nose. Um, and I think, I think that there's some, there's some on the nosiness in general here. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think that, I think this is a really good movie that I think maybe I just wanted a little bit more from. <clears throat> I'm basically going to repeat what you said. I am much <laughs> on the same page. Uh, I think first of all, uh, what is the your osmosis happens even when we're not even, when we're not, yeah. even, when we're not even there together. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. What recommendation is star rating? Uh, I recommend, I give this four stars. I think that this is a solid four star movie for me. And I would recommend this. I think I would recommend this just about anyone. I think that this is this is in a lot of ways a very artsy movie, but I don't think it's I, I don't think it's the kind of movie that would repel a general audience member necessarily either. So, yeah, yeah, I actually really agree on that second point. In that, um, I think I think general audiences are sometimes afraid of kind of artier films, or or maybe we don't give general audiences as much credit as they deserve. Although. But- yeah, like but the they tend office. to not go to them. Like you see, yeah, them. the right. box yeah. office of this movie speaks louder than words. You know, like, yeah. um, uh, and I think this is one that anyone could sit down and watch and like enjoy themselves. Frankly, like I, I don't think you have to be a super uh, cinephile to like appreciate. This. Yeah, and I will say, sorry to jump in, but I think like I think this movie works as just like a tense thriller, even if you don't even want to yeah. consider the ideas in it. Yeah, that is that is the thing is that it's always going to be just the fact that they kept the title of the book. It's going to be um, kind of pushing the envelope of like what people are comfortable with. So I know a lot of people yeah. hear that title and they think they're being radical just for watching it. And a yeah. lot of people are it's just going to alienate a lot of audiences, like a large portion. You know, there's the people who don't believe in what is going on in the movie they're never gonna see it there's older generations who may be you know liberal liberal i just frankly don't think are gonna watch it either like you kind of have <laughs> yeah. to be toward further left than liberal to want to see this i think maybe liberal i don't know but you know like i just yeah. i think this movie is just politically kind of divisive so uh but i will i will tell you what i think um the, I, I watched this for the first time about a month ago, and I did rewatch it uh, on Friday, so like two days ago. And I think the first time I, I really just let it wash over me, and um, I was really wowed by how it was just like a really good thriller that made me feel quite anxious. Uh, yeah. And I was I was quite impressed by the fact that it did that, where I felt. Uh, a lot of the times movies don't make me feel anything so uh, I was I was quite impressed by that and the cinematography is great like you were saying uh, really did love the grainy feel I I imagine it was shot on film just based on what it looks yeah, like yeah I think it's 16 millimeter film is what I saw just yeah. gorgeous it looks so nice yeah. uh, and the direction is quite strong there's a couple of shots that are like seared into my brain they're so beautiful um but it is where the it it the script is where it's weakest, um, and I I kind of I think I was honestly like avoiding the flaws the first time and just kind of like accepting the movie for what it was. Uh, but this but on a second rewatch only a month later, it's hard to avoid that. I think when you know what is happening, what is going to happen, the thriller doesn't 
kind of do as much because it's not tense. You know what's going to happen. Um, so I was focusing more on uh, the writing of it, and it's it's not as strong as it could be. Uh, I do think that the themes are perhaps not as explored as they could have been. I think mm-hmm. a lot of it is explored in dialogue and in conversation and maybe not as um, visually or, you know, like, even, like, it can or still even be just like... explored in different conversation instead of people yeah. kind of hi- hi- is it hypothesizing whatever the word is <laughs> like theorizing yeah, pe- and you know <clears throat> people sitting around and just talking like there is one particular scene where we'll get into it where a character they're just sitting around talking and one of the characters says like we should acknowledge this and it's like yeah okay. <laughs> that's not an interesting way to, to discuss yeah. the theme and I think the issue is that Everyone in the making of the movie so strongly believes in what's going on that maybe they're afraid to show the counter argument, or maybe not even that, but just like I don't think that's the problem. I think yeah, it's almost yeah. too streamlined, and I, I I appreciate it for how it's streamlined. It is. It's a short film. Uh, well, not that short. It's it's over ninety. Um, but you know, I was impressed by how quickly we just get into the the action of it and it's kind of economical storytelling but i think it also is something that probably deserved more exploration uh than mm-hmm. the film allowed for uh i also think that it's just the events of the film are just a little bit too easy uh and maybe a little bit isn't too generous um i think problems come up a bunch which is great but they are immediately solved which is less great um what else uh not to like like ruin the ending but like things things just go a little too well uh and there's there's arguments to make that maybe that's a good idea but i i was hoping for maybe a little more twistiness than what we got um uh and yeah the dialogue isn't uh exactly stellar it is a bit on the nose uh, trying to think what else I did mention, but um, yeah, I think the score is really good, uh, and I think it's edited quite well as well. So there's the technical side of it I do really like. Uh, it's just kind of the script is maybe the weak point, and I think there's rooms that this movie could have grown and could have been a little bit better. So, um, originally I gave it a four and a half. Um, I might have to drop it down to a four. But I did really enjoy this movie still. I think it's great. Um, so uh, now that we've uh, done our non-spoiler reactions, we have a spoiler warning. Pew, 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 wee, wee, wee. Yep. A little bit of both. A little bit of spoiler siren. A little bit of spoiler alarm. Uh, and because I lost uh, the Predacritic, I'm going to give the synopsis. Uh, and I have two minutes to do so. Um, so, yeah, here we go. Um, let me just get my timer out. Okay. <clears throat> two minutes. Starts three, two, one, now. Okay. So, uh, film opens, and basically it's a group of, like, eight or so individuals, and they're going to blow up a pipeline. Uh, one of them, uh, her mom just died, and she died because of uh, the, an oil refinery that was near her their home. Uh, no, it was a heat stroke. She died of a heat stroke or something uh, that was yeah. caused by global warming. Her, I think, friend... 
or yeah, potentially relative friend. Yeah, okay. Uh, Theo is who also grew up in the same area, uh, has a leukemia because of growing up near the refinery. Um, uh, the first person's name is Sochi. Her friend from uh, college uh, is radicalized by her uh, post her mom's death. Um, and so there they do the thing. Uh, Theo's girlfriend is brought along. Um, there is a guy who d- is on Boom TikTok called Boom Talk from North Dakota who comes along. There is a farmer whose land was taken to um, build the pipeline who is radicalized by these guys. Um, I'm trying to think if I'm missing any. Oh, and there's two people who are part of a, a like, who do kind of, like, radical stuff already, who are into property damage, who join them. <clears throat> and they're all building a bomb uh, to blow up a pipeline. They found a good spot to do it. They're building it. Uh, we reveal their backstory through uh, cutaways. They discuss whether it's a good idea whether or not to do it, but they do it anyways. Um, and eventually we find out that maybe one of the people who is, it's Logan and Rowan, who are the people who already have been doing this kind of action. Rowan, it turns out, um, is working with the FBI or something, uh, to, uh, uh, do this. And it turns out psych, she's actually a good person and has been lying to the FBI and they actually do blow up the pipeline and everybody wins. Yay. Okay. Nice. That's more or less. Except Sochi does go to prison. Yes. <clears throat> Sochi and Theo go to prison. <clears throat> well, Theo um, dies, likely. The, but she is arrested. Theo is arrested. Theo but is arrested, but the last thing we see die. of her is that she's in the hospital and that she's yeah. likely going to die. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I guess just some of the other character endings I, I might have missed. Everyone pretty well gets off scot-free. I think Sean, who is Sochi's friend... Uh, is going to be under investigation. Uh, it's implied, yeah. and so he's probably fucked. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, uh, was I missing anyone? No, I think everyone else is fine, and they go home. Oh, uh, yeah. Logan gets shot in the arm. That's also a thing oh, that yes. happens True. because uh, one of the twisty turns happens. But I think we'll we'll kind of bring that up as we, yeah, we discuss. All right, so let's get into our spoiler discussion, full discussion of the film. So first of all, I'm going to ask our classic question: What was your favorite part? Hmm, that is a good question. It's funny how we have this question every week, but I never have every an week. answer ready. You're always surprised. <laughs> You're like, oh, hmm, what was your favorite part? <laughs> What was my favorite uh, part? That is a good question. I can, Do you have one off the top of your head? Yeah, I can filibuster with some of mine. I guess it's not really filibustering if I'm giving my honest answer, but um, right. one. Uh, so I watched this one with my brother um, uh, for this for the rewatch, and there was one uh, moment that we had kind of a laugh at, which was um, uh, after the guy. Oh, what's his name? Dwayne, after Dwayne, who is the the farmer, the rancher, who's lost his land, after he's kind of done with the job, they've set up the bombs, but he needs to have his alibi straight, so he goes to a bar, and he he walks up to the bar, sits down, and he he looks at his watch, quite showy, and he's like, hmm, it's two o'clock, can you put on the game? And my brother and I both go... Ah, he's noting the time. And we said it like in unison. <laughs> Great moment. I think most Sorry. of my favorite moments are Dwayne related. He was kind of like, despite him being like probably the most different person for me possible, 
um i just kind of like the the his he just is i found him quite interesting so he's there's that when he has to like lasso the drone with um that's fine with yeah. uh the ratchet straps i found that pretty awesome and when he has to like rip his shirt and he's got a crop top for for about 10 minutes yeah. it's for like for the broken leg and he's like yeah, ripped yeah. his shirt and it's a crop top I was, so those are all my favorite parts all all Dwayne related yeah i think a lot of my favorite parts are again like some of the more like tender moments that are like wordless but either between characters or or because of it like i like when when Alicia has just dropped off Theo to get arrested, to blow up the house and get arrested, essentially, um, I like that, like, there's a scene of, like, her just trying not to cry as she's driving away, and I think the performance yeah. is really, really strong, and I think, like, that's, like, again, they had, like, dealing with, like, how dire the situation is, how desperate these characters are, how that intertwines with the love some of them have for each other, and like, the feeling, the general feeling of loss that, like, permeates the movie. Like, all these characters are losing something or have lost something, and that ties into the greater the greater grief that they feel about losing the planet and just losing everything. And I, I think, like, there are some really great moments that, like, just through performance and, like, good shot choice and, like, a good score, like, really convey that. So that's one of them... Also between Alicia and Theo, I really, I really liked Alicia and Theo's relationship. I thought that was an interesting thing that I felt was under. Although I will say, I actually thought that Alicia was one of the underdeveloped characters. But I, I like the idea of that. The I think the relationship that's a good conflict there that maybe isn't teased out enough. But yeah, I like when they're like lying together, bef- the night before that they're about to do the pipeline. And they're just kind of like there's a great shot where uh, like Theo kind of tucks her head into Alicia's like neck and like it's just it's a just a very well framed like very humanistic kind of shot um so there's a lot of that that i really like um i think that uh michael is really great the actor that plays michael forrest good luck i think he's great i think he's a really interesting character mm-hmm. um yeah i think it's just like broader i don't know if i have specific parts that are like I, I, I like how tense it is whenever they're uh, attaching the, the barrels, the barrel bombs uh, to the pipeline. Like, I like how that feels. They've done a very good job at that point of setting up how even the smallest things um, can uh, could wind up with, like, huge explosions. Like, we literally saw that happen. And even these small things could go wrong. So now when they're actually lowering the bomb, it's like, it, that's, it becomes yeah. very tense. So it's a, it's a good job of setting that up. Um yeah, that I gave you. There's a there's a lot of answers yeah, there. There was a couple options. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll jump off of your point about character relationships. Um, I think that's kind of like those tender moments are kind of where the movie, the 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 underlayer of the movie kind of shines and is yeah. perhaps not as developed as it could have been. And I found that yeah. on rewatch kind of the most disappointing thing is these characters are quite interesting they've created these really interesting characters but they're there's just not quite enough about their interactions and i wish i wish there was more um yeah one thing i picked up on was some point toward the end i think it's after uh alicia's broken her leg uh which is a thing that happens um there's a moment between sean and sochi where they separate 
and I was like, oh, like Sean likes Sochi. Like I think he has a crush on Sochi, and I think that's mm. kind of why he's here a little bit. Like there's just kind of like this moment where he's looking at her, and I'm like, we're we're lingering on his reaction, and there's like there's something there. Like he's I don't know, and so I found that I think- really interesting. I took that more as like again like she was like his intro into this world and I think it was almost like I think it was like an appreciation thing like I think I think he like admires her and I, I think Either, that like yeah yeah but yeah I agree like there's some like the strengths of the movie are in moments like that yeah those some of the biggest strengths yeah yeah and like like you know I might be reading it differently than than you and that's fine um, but yeah, so I, I thought that was neat. Um, I actually think you mentioned Alicia and I think she is maybe one of the more developed characters in that she does, she has a different opinion and is quite vocal about it. And so I, but I that's, appreciated that's that we had much one it. person. Yeah. That is that's true. like her whole character for the most part. And it's yeah. like, that's like. And that those are some of my least favorite parts of the movie. It's like again that the moment I was talking about, they're yeah. all sitting around, and she says, "I think we need to acknowledge that what we're doing is going to hurt a lot of people." And it's like that one. They should all have like, like they've all considered that by this point. Like so, I think that it shouldn't. I think that on a certain level, that's just like the wrong way to broach that idea within the script because like they're not. Like, they don't need to acknowledge that because they probably have acknowledged that before. I don't think that... Like, I, I just don't buy that all of these characters came here just on a warpath and planned this much and got this far without ever, like, considering... I, like, I think it's like, possible. I, I don't... I just don't really buy that. Like, I, I well, believe, like, some of them, sure, but, like... Like, like if it... You know... I, I think that a lot of people see climate activism as something that is intended to save people, and that's where most of them are coming from. And No, I agree. The idea that their actions are also going to have negative consequences on ordinary people, they know it's going to have negative con- consequences on rich people and companies, but, you know, the idea that by plummeting stock, it's, you know, it's going to affect the ordinary people they're trying to save is is an interesting idea. But I think the issue for me is that the movie doesn't really want to engage with that idea further than that. They bring it up in the argument and they just kind of have it as this one argument scene. Well, and we never, no character has to like actually contend with that idea. No one is yeah, interacting with, you know, the, the, the notion okay, so- that maybe they're harming people. This is where, like, where my thing comes in. It's where, like, I, my point is that, like, that argument is weak in the movie because it's weak in real life. It's just a weak argument. Like, these oil companies, like, put the ordinary, ordinary person in these dependent positions and, mm-hmm. like, and fuck them over all the time. So, like, no, it's not the fault of people who are taking action against these companies. The companies, like, shouldn't be as insidious as they are. So I think it's a weak argument. It just is a weak argument, so I don't think there's much there. My problem is that it feels like it's just, like, an obligatory thing that they have to bring up. And it's, like... Yeah. Like, I, I just don't... I Like, so, okay, so why does Alicia... I uh, Sure, there's a little bit there, where she works in, like, a food bank. She works... Uh, yeah. she, she works, she helps, sure. So th- there's something there, but... I don't I, know. I know what I, you mean. I, I, but the, this is what I'm saying, is that there's... 
there should be the counter argument. That's what a good movie is. You know, they have what they think is the right option and they, you know, show the ramifications of maybe why it's a bad idea. But I, I don't think it's an idea they fully contend with or maybe even believe in because it's like you said, it is kind of like a shaky argument and they don't really explore it. It's kind of brought up in this one discussion and then not, you know, there's no. See, like, I would almost I prefer. I would almost prefer. I don't necessarily need them to elaborate on that more. I It's actually other conflicts that I think are more interesting to delve into. I actually. I think it is totally fine that this movie has taken the position of generally the, what these characters are doing is right. I think that is. I think that's fine. Mm. I think that's. I, I don't have any problem with that. I think that there is an opportunity for other really interesting conflicts. Or at least just, yeah, ideas to explore. Like, for example, between um, Dwayne and Michael. Like, that's that's put a lot of potential for a very interesting sort of discussions there. Uh, Michael being an indigenous yeah. guy who, like, again, like has historically, like, had land stripped away from him and has, like, his people, his ancestors have uh, been victims of colonization and colonial, and colonial imposition. And... Like, Dwayne being, like, a settler person who has no doubt benefited from that, and he mentions that his family has owned this land for centuries. So his family are, like, settlers who have benefited from that, and now he's in this position. And so, like, there are ideas to explore of, like, like now, despite all of the, the conflicts that exist there, like, all of these characters now find themselves at the behest of corporations that are ruining the planet, and they've all found themselves in the same position. And so, like, I, there's a little bit of that in the movie, and there's a, I, I don't know if I need them to beat me over the head with it. I don't need them to sit down and have a conversation where they explicitly spell that out. But I just, I, it, I think it's strange that the movie actually goes from they're kind of standoffish towards each other at first, and then immediately, like, they seem to respect each other. Yeah, like, very no, I, quickly. I completely agree, because I didn't, I didn't really think about the fact that they should have that kind of maybe ingrained hostility towards one another uh, because they are, like, friendly to each other pretty well off the bat. Like, Dwayne is giving him rides and um, they sleep in in the back of uh, Dwayne's truck, like, in the bed. And it's weird that, you know, like, I think those are the, maybe the only scenes that they share that are kind of, like, about their relationship. And I do agree that, like, Maybe the idea that what they're doing, like the question of whether what they're doing is right or wrong is not the most interesting idea. But I think that's, I think that's the main idea that the movie is going for. And I think that's maybe the fault of the movie and not, you know, like, Mm. like, I think that's what it was going for. And I think maybe it's not the most interesting idea it could have gone for. And that kind of, to circle back to that the, the discussion we we're having about uh, the counter argument, so maybe if they had just chosen a different argument to make, you know, and just kind of accepted it as it was that this is the right action, perhaps. But. I I agree on some level. I think that they they're they're trying to throw the, the in the movie a little bit, and I think that yeah, they sh- it, there are more interesting questions to ask. But I do think that I th- I see the movie more as like. So, 
and we'll, we'll get into this, but one of the reasons I like the ending, and I like the reason that, generally speaking, they succeed, and sure, Sochi goes to jail, um, so there are consequences, like, she doesn't just get away with it, but, like, generally speaking, things are very, it was a very successful operation, and I, I think the point of this movie is to be something that is, like, useful for people who are who are maybe activists themselves. I think the point is to help mobilize people, not necessarily to blow up pipelines, but just the idea of if you want to take action, you can like there are things you actually can take radical action. Not again, not necessarily blowing up a pipeline, but I'm just saying like, but so you could and I think if you wanted to, you we, could, if you like, wanted to, we're not going to, but one might, like, like, Whatever. I actually think it would have been really bad if this movie ended with, one, if they failed, because then what is the message of this movie is that yeah. the world is ending and we can't do anything about it, and that's not helpful. And I think I think that this movie also makes a concerted effort in, like, showing us the little details, and it makes an effort in showing how, like, DIY everything they're doing is, and it's like, you could do this too. I do think that that's a big part of this movie, and I think that's... That is a good thing, yeah. generally. It, like, showing people, like, they can mobilize against something. And then maybe you can fold in the conflict there of, well, it's like, you can do something, and but maybe this isn't the right thing to do. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know. But, yeah, so I, I... I don't necessarily need the counter-argument too hard there. I just think maybe it needs to be weaved in better and... Yeah, I, think, I, I don't know. I think, I think we generally agree, though. Like, there are just other things that are... There are other conflicts that are more interesting here. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think whatever theme they... You know, if in a hypothetical scenario where they chose a different theme, whatever it was, I think you need to have that counter-argument. And just in this movie, I think it's not as strong as it could be. I think is the sure. general issue I think maybe we share. Uh, but to talk about the ending... Uh, I, I do agree that I think it's good that they succeed. Um, I think it's kind of like, well, pretty well exactly what you said. It's like um, proof that we can make a difference. You know, it's not hopeless. And I know other, I think there's a movie by Kelly Reichardt called Night Moves where they don't succeed and it's disheartening. And it's, you know, it's, um, and I think maybe a character dies or something. And it's like, um, that's not like good publicity in a like kind of a shallow way to put it. You know, I think it's not useful. It's not useful yeah. for potential like activists or for grassroots organizations. Yeah, and so like I agree that I think a, a, a an ending that you know is happy is a good move. With a caveat, I do think that that the movie is perhaps. Things go too smoothly, generally. Now, not to say that there aren't hiccups. There are, and I, I appreciate that there are obstacles that are thrown in their way that are unexpected that they do have to deal with. But I think the fact that everything goes according to plan is kind of like a weak yeah. point for me. Because I agree with that. Because everything goes according to plan, almost to a T, with... I guess Logan getting shot is not kind of planned out, but yeah, I, I might agree with that. Although I think that you can, 
you can make it so that they have more shit thrown at them that they have to contend with during the movie and then still have the ending there, and I think that works. My problem is more just, like... So take the drone thing, for example. Like, they're lowering one of the bombs, and a drone shows up. Holy shit, what are we going to do, right? And so then Dwayne takes it out, um, and that leads uh, some survey workers to go to the, like, main... What's it called? The valve? The valve switch? Like, the valve, yeah. That, um... That, um... Fuck, who are they? What are their names again? The main Logan and Rowan. There's I, I, Logan and Rowan, yeah. I laughed that because and, their names... Their names are both five letters, and they have three letters in common, and they're all yeah. in the same spots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so... And, like, that leads to them, and it leads to, like, some hijinks there. But, like they also deal with that, like, pretty quickly. Like, uh, Logan is pretty handily able to lure them away and allow Rowan to go in and do that. And yeah, he gets shot, but him getting shot actually doesn't deter the plan at all. Like, no. it, do- it doesn't, like... And so I-, I do agree that there's a problem of, like, it just needs to be harder for them to do this. There needs to be more things that actually get in the way of their plan. Another example, Alicia gets her leg broken. That doesn't affect the plan. It actually, like, yeah. doesn't it doesn't derail them in any way. She can still drive. And, like, that's what she needs to do. If she suddenly couldn't drive anymore because of that and they had to that's, figure something else out, like, that's then there's something there. That's, that's the difference is what should have happened is obstacles, unexpected obstacles come up, and in order to deal with these obstacles, people need to do things that they weren't otherwise going to do then suggesting a character arc right yeah these because of unexpected obstacles characters have to step up in ways that they weren't intending to leading to ramifications that weren't part of the original plan so i think yeah the 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 consequences that happened logan you know getting shot like that doesn't suggest anything new about his character like he yeah. probably always would have done that and Alicia breaking her leg, like, what does that mean about her character? What does that mean about other people's character? Like, nothing. Nothing changes. Right. And I think it would have been more interesting if, you know, something happens so that a character can't do what they were originally planning to do to make it out. Like, if a character who wasn't supposed to get arrested gets arrested. Like, that's that's conflict, baby. That's, you know, like... Um, that's a ramification that no one had to die, and I think maybe that's that's too extreme. But like, I think someone getting arrested was originally extreme. supposed to is more. I interesting. don't. I actually don't like that either. I don't want them to get arrested. I I I like the idea that in the end, things did wind up how they planned it. Because again, I think that this the main goal of this movie mm. is to be useful. And I think that they need to contend that like that needs to remain true. Uh, but I think you can do that while still having the plan go awry in different ways and forcing, like you said, forcing characters to step up and therefore explore the corners of themselves that they haven't explored and realize things about themselves and push themselves to their limits and stuff like that. Well, here's just an example is like, Sochi is the one who gets arrested because she is always intending to get arrested to be like a martyr. But, you know, I think what is a potentially interesting option is 
a character who wasn't really all that interested or had the wrong motives for being there, then through the movie, learning to be, like, down with the cause for real. Sure. And then kind of, like, accepting that they have to go to jail. And, like, that's kind of, like, a, a positive ending. And like, stepping I did up to something, sure. Right? Like, I think, yeah. like, what if Rowan decides to betray her people and gets arrested, for example? Like, that's... And almost, I think it's more like, if like Alicia like went on that or Alicia yes or yes yeah. like like and just kind of like like yes something like now I'm in this shitty position but I've I've learned as a character in a positive way and I think as long as they don't die like like that's that's a <laughs> you can't really like like if if a character dies that's obviously not good for the cause jet like yeah. in real life but. I've, you know, the fact that Sochi's okay with going to jail means that jail is an option, you know? It's yeah. a consequence that some people are okay with. Um, but yeah, let's, uh, I'm going to see if I can find anything else I was going to talk about there. Um, what did you think about the fact that Rowan is teased out as... Um, there's the tease word again. Yeah. As teased out as a saboteur, and then they're like, Psych, she was they were in on it the whole time. I think um I think the initial I I think that the confirmation that she is a saboteur maybe needs to be a little bit earlier. Cause I think there this movie has a problem of twist on twist on twist stacked right up against each other. Where it's like, she's a saboteur. Turns out Logan also is, and it was his plan. But then also, they're not saboteurs. They were actually going against the FBI. It's like, it's too many things right away. Where I actually think the movie does a good job of, like, you'd have a good feeling that that's what she... Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry about that. Um, Sorry. You have a feeling... You, they def- the movie definitely provides evidence that that's what she is when she sends the picture. Like, that's obvious. Like, that's the first place my brain went is that like she's working with the FBI or something. Yeah. And I think like that's a good job, but I, I actually think you do need to like, if you're going to pull the twist that she's actually not working with the FBI, then you need to put it more out front that she is, earlier. Yes. No, I agree because what they've done is they've put the fact that she's a saboteur in the twist section of the movie. When it's not yeah. a twist, I know this already. You've told me, basically. Yeah. You know, in in less words than that, but you know, and I think um, personally, I found that the the twist on the twist was kind of cheap, honestly. Like the fact that the whole time they knew they were kind of like I was like, it okay. does raise some questions, like because. Is it not true that doesn't the drone like actually factor wind up factoring into their plan and it's like how did they account No it doesn't never mind never mind I'm wrong about No that. I don't I don't think the drone factors no, I was wrong. but like the movie they were setting up that I was seeing for most of it is that there's these characters who are going to betray the group ultimately but perhaps they through building together as a team which I I think is kind of the theme of the movie, or like one of the themes, is like this group coming together mm. before ultimately, you know, going their separate ways. Unfortunately, but um, like I thought, I thought what was going to happen is she had the intention to betray the group, and then 
kind of in that classic trope, learn to love this group and then change her ways and decide against it. Like, I think the fact that... I would not have liked that. It's maybe too tropey, but I don't like that they were just... The fact that they came clean at the beginning and they knew the whole time, but they... Because, like, the, the cell phone thing, her taking a picture with a cell phone, is like a red herring that yeah. they don't know, but she knew the whole time. And it, it just rings kind of false and, like, like again, too easy, you know? There's no I don't have a problem because with... the problems aren't real. I disagree with that. I My problem is not the, I, the concept itself. Because, like, once again, like... Say someone wanted to blow up a pipeline, one of the things that they would be thinking of is, like, I would get caught by the FBI or something before I would even be able to do it, and this would all go wrong. The powers that be are too strong, and, and I would never be able to get get around them. It's very important that in this movie they do. I Like, I think that's an important thing, that they do actually, in fact, thwart the powers that be. However, I think that... I think it's just like a a plot thing. Like I think that that I I think but, that it needs to be I think that what it needs to be is it needs to play out it needs to be more present after she sends the photo cuz it kind of drops off and we kind of forget about yep. it. And she seems to be too genuine. So it's it's like it's just a little odd and I think it needs to feel like she is I also, I don't know what the point of the twist is because there's, it's also a twist that Logan is involved too because that's not how it's set up. When she sends the picture, she sends it, she's sleeping like, uh, like on yeah. Logan, like they're sleeping on the couch together and she ducks under a blanket to send the picture, which implies that Logan doesn't know and that she's hiding that's it from I mean Logan about, as well. About, and so I don't, what's yeah. the point of having the twist that he is in on? Like, I don't know. I just don't get, I think it's packing in a little bit too much there whereas if you just focus on these are the betrayers but then they're not i think that you just make that stronger and i think that's fine okay like that's what i mean about these red herrings is they set up a movie that is like like they're showing events that don't make sense with later context because why is she hiding stuff that supposedly everyone who needs to know knows already alicia the person who is constantly saying we shouldn't do this is in the know i think right isn't that that scene is from so she knows theo probably knows sochi knows logan knows who's she hiding any of that from well okay i will say three guys i actually think this scene no i don't think you're tying it from anyone i think they all know but i think that (laughs) i think no i i don't think that that's i i don't necessarily have a problem with that because i think that like she it's this kind of thing where it's like the way we see it, it seems like she's hiding it from them. I think she's just not hiding it from them at all. Like, I think that's just not. And I actually think there's a reasonable explanation. Like when she goes to the bathroom, she goes to go pee. And that's when she takes the picture. Well, like literally it could like what it actually is, is she legitimately just had to go pee, saw them doing that and said, Oh, this will be a good, this will be a convincing picture. Cause mm-hmm. I'm behind the bushes and everything. And so sure. And then later, when she sends the picture, it's like, she just is lying. That She just is under the blanket. I said that she goes under the blanket, but that's actually not how this scene plays out. She just is under it, and then she comes up. And it's like, yeah, she was just there. Sure, like she, yeah, That's just okay. how she was sleeping. Like, I, to me, it's not... 
it's not that incongruous with what 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 winds up happening um my yeah my problem is just i i think that the that angle drops out of the movie and then suddenly comes back and it takes a bunch of turns very suddenly i think the other issue i have is that again the fact that they were going to like that they knew that they were betraying the group in which also means that they never were betraying the group is another way of erasing the potential of a character arc because i feel like i feel like nobody has a character arc if everybody if the plan goes as intended and you know very little is revealed about any character you know i just i just don't think the characters have arcs because they land where they were expecting to and they don't have to change to get there if anything maybe alicia changes because she was not wanting to do this and but she's like involved the whole movie and she is Mm. only just more involved more resolute i guess after breaking her leg so i think she has the most distance to go but like if you were going to betray the group to the fbi but they knew the whole time you've just removed the character of an arc because they don't have to learn no you can build it no you can build an arc in there you don't have to like like maybe yeah I don't know. We are kind of, we're kind of, it's kind of a circular argument. Yeah. 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 We can move on from that. Um, but yeah. Uh, what else? I think just generally as well, like kind of moving away from that is that I might've said this already, but the problems that are thrown in their way are solved too quickly. So, you know, aside from twists, like, like the drone shows up, let's lasso it down. I'm okay with that one being kind of fast because that displays Dwayne's natural skills and I think mm. that kind of makes sense to me. But, like, like the ones where, like, like Sean is like, let's braid the the thing. Sure. I, like, he comes up with that so quickly. And same with um, the detonator cap breaking at the very end for Sochi and Theo's final bomb. Yeah. And then being like, quick, let's use a candle. I was like, we're not even going to even take a second to think of like yeah it is it's a thing of the first thing they try works all the time and yes. like that is yes like that that's not great um yeah i, say- I, I think like like the and talking about the drone thing really quick like again it's like the thing i said like it's actually fine that they do that because the idea of the drone is that that spirals into a new thing yes. which it does but then that the new really thing doesn't matter but then the new thing mm-hmm. doesn't wind up mattering because it also doesn't really get in their way they deal with that very right. quickly and so yeah. it's like, yeah. So I, I think the drone is the closest they get to a, a new obstacle that has unintended consequences. Good thing. Like where when, when characters' actions have consequences, that is like good storytelling. So the fact that yeah. drone appears, you know, wrench in the plan, they do the thing, further consequences. Now Logan has to go. The fact that he has to go, that should have consequences. And I guess it's supposed to be that he's shot. But like, but that's that not really a consequence. That's not. He's yeah. like, he's fine. It, it does. It doesn't the affect arm. the story. Yeah. It doesn't affect the story. It doesn't affect him long term. It doesn't reveal a new thing about him or Rowan. Like I just think it kind of stops there, where that could have been more interesting in some way. I don't. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what they should have done, but like I, uh, yeah. There's just an issue of uh, the writing. I guess another writing issue we had was dialogue, and the fact that it's. Yeah. Um, quite on the nose at times. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, 
it's the the thing that I've I brought it up a couple times already. Like the like the way we're going to broach a new idea is a character just brings it up and they bring it up kind of unnaturally and then it's kind of swiftly like it's just like whatever. Like I I do think that sometimes the writing falls into the category of the characters are just mouthpieces for certain ideas and Absolutely. I and I think that yeah. they stop being characters at certain points. And I think that you can have those ideas expressed even through the exact same characters and just write it a little differently such that they feel more authentic mm-hmm. in those moments. One of the scenes that I really picked up on that, uh, or the one that's just sticking my, in my brain right now, is the backstory for Theo when she's on the phone and she just says, like, like oh, I need these pills to survive. And, like, like it's cost so much money and I need these pills to survive. And, like... That and the, the, the scene where they're all arguing and Alicia's saying the counter argument, like, it is, like, I think you put it perfectly, is that they're just mouthpieces for an argument that is part of, the, like, the book. And I think that's maybe just a product of trying to uh, adapt academic writing. Mm. I think that the fact that they did that is very interesting, and I think you can totally do that. But I think that they've kind of revealed the danger of doing that in that you are kind of, yeah. you kind of, um, you have to be careful in developing half-baked characters who are just mouthpieces. You need to fully commit to creating fully fleshed out characters and trying to be more subtle about translating the themes of the book into the themes of the movie. And I, I don't think they're quite successful here, but um I applaud them for trying, I guess. And I think that's a really neat idea in theory. Yeah, I agree. Um, But yeah, uh, I guess last thing about writing that I have written down uh, is the narrative structure. And this is, this is more of a a positive. So we can start getting into more positive. Cause I'm going to say, yeah, like we, we have been like talking very negatively about this movie. I really liked this movie. Like, yeah, I I think it's all positive. We get into this habit all the time where, where we wind up just picking out the things that don't work so often that it makes it sound like we mm-hmm. didn't like the movie. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so the narrative structure I found really interesting. Um, we get to the, like, the their hideout, and they start building the bomb very, very quickly, which I, I, I did appreciate. Let's not yeah. kind of waste any time to get there. Yeah. And then they start building out the backstory in flashback, kind of taking um, either pairs of individuals or just individuals one at a time. Uh, and showing how they got here. And I think that's kind of, again, speaking to one of the themes of the movie is how each of these individuals are affected in different ways and what yeah. kind of inspires them to toward action. And I found yeah. that so, so interesting and really captivating um, to to kind of explore truly how different these individuals are and what brings them to the table, um, what motivates them. Um, anything yeah. on that, <laughs> No, I, I agree. I really, I think, I think this is a great decision. Let's get right into it. Um, I also think that like when they choose to, uh, uh, cut to different characters, they choose good moments. Like the cut that I really love, for example, is when the barrel is just about to fall on, um, uh, Alicia's yeah. leg and then it cuts to oh no it doesn't cut to Alicia at that point who does it cut to oh but it cuts out to like Theo or something 
like right, right as right as the barrel is like about to hit the ground it's like we cut it like that's a great that's a great moment um yeah and i i think i think that's a good decision as well and yeah i will say speaking on the next point you said as well i think like again my takeaway from this movie is that like all these characters have either lost something or they're about to and it's like they're in and there's no meaning for it like it's like life is starting to feel meaningless for all of them and i think that like that's a very real sort of feeling like i think like sean is like looking at twitter and it's just like and it's just like the world is ending and there's all of that stuff that's also a little bit of an on the nose moment i think but still Mm -hmm. like i think like and and if if like nothing means anything like their family members are dying and it's just happening and there's no explanation for it then like you it makes perfect sense why you'd be so attached to like striking out against the one thing that is like that is destroying like destroying your life and to try to let and it's like a it's a it is such a desperate last ditch attempt that feels so personal to all of them like they they need they absolutely need to stop this from happening they need to do something and i think that that is like that is teased out so well like this uh, this feeling of of grief over the world and how it ties to the personal grief of loss within your life and like the destruction of your family unit as it ties to the destruction of the greater like community of humans and yeah i i think um i i i really like that as well (laughs) in 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 short yeah i think also that like it's it's interesting that these characters, like you said, are are all dealing with loss in their own way, and then that loss brings them together to form like a new community, and that's yeah. kind of like, like I think again the best parts of the movie are when the characters are you know exploring these relationships, and um, I think I think if the movie had maybe focused on that, we're going back into the negative, but yeah. um, like I think. And the movie does do that. Like, like there's a scene where they're all kind of uh, drunk and hanging out. I think if it had maybe strayed a little less from rhetoric and theorizing, if they had actually just bonded, I think that would have been really interesting. I also noticed that the movie is set during Christmas, and it's only implied through um, set design with Christmas trees and Christmas lights. There is one line they had... where they say Merry Christmas as well. But yeah. Oh, they do? Oh, I miss that. Yeah. I miss that the second time, I think. Um, I think like, yeah, I guess if, you know, they're all spending time away from their families yeah, to do this thing. I think there's so much to explore there. To and, do like, this thing what that in their eyes is to save their families as well. Yeah. And yeah. like, like the idea that what's bringing them together is like the destruction of the world. Like their, yeah. their union is built upon suffering their own suffering and the suffering of the world like that's these are really like thematically rich ideas too bad that they weren't really there but um i think that they are i think like like to not be too negative i think those ideas are there i think that they're just they're just little folds that could have been just pulled out even more but yeah i Mm. i really really appreciate that about this movie and i I think i think it is there and i think it's good (laughs) yeah back to positives though you mentioned yeah. editing a little bit. I really did yeah. like the editing of this movie. I think the timing of the flashbacks, like you said, are great. 
Um, another one I remembered was when Michael blows up and then they cut to Michael's flashback. Yeah. I thought he died. I thought he was yeah. dead the first time. And like this is this was his life. Like in him I agree that he shouldn't have died and it's good that he didn't, but in a in a darker movie, I like the kind of like Tarantino esque move of having this character only in the first act and maybe the first half of the second. They die we flash back to why they were there and then they are dead for the rest of the movie. That is just like, like structurally, I really like that. Um, again, it's okay that he lived yeah. in this particular instance, yeah. but um, I think also the lead up to that cut is very strong. The, the tension of that scene of him packing the, the blasting caps or whatever, I yeah. think. And same with um, the scene where the ratchet breaks I think yeah. all those scenes are just yeah. like very well use, cut together. I think the use of inserts in this movie is like very expert, expertly yes. done. Like I, th- I think like, yeah. uh, I, and I think particularly, I really love how. And then when the pipeline is about to blow up, they start to use inserts, but a different type of shot. They have like these crash zooms, like, and it's like it's the <laughs> yeah. same. No, I really loved it though because it was like it's building on the language that already exists in the movie where it's like we're going to use all these inserts and all these details to build the tension but this is the most tense moment and this is it so we're going to add another wrinkle onto that like we're going to add another technique and I, mm-hmm. I thought that that was great. Yeah. Um, I think the cinematography generally is very, very strong in this movie. I don't think I had a single point where I was like this is a bad shot. Um, yeah. We kind of talked about the, the grain already and how that's just lovely i guess there's a cut i can talk about the shots that are like ingrained in my brain they're so good um there's like two or three wide shots i have three i think that are just like really well composed and also like um i think also speak to something greater like they have thematic resonance um so we can talk about the the ones i've pulled out and if you have any you can discuss it as well uh, probably the most thematically rich one is uh, Sochi's flashback when she's smoking and the when refineries the in the background. Above them. Yeah. Oh my god, what an amazing shot! And yeah. like, like that just like truly speaks to what the film is talking about. I I really really admire that. Shot. Yeah, I like like they're they're grieving and there's this like oppressive thing that is literally above them and forcing them into the lower half of the frame like yeah that's great and then they're they're also like i think in general like the wides in this movie are are excellently composed but also just very important like the idea of being in these rather empty and expansive landscapes whether we're in the like deserts of texas or also like the plains of north dakota um in as is the case with michael's flashback i think like like being out in the world and like in nature and seeing like the expanse it puts into perspective like how much there is to lose like Mm, we're seeing like we're seeing the expansiveness of the world here and like all of this is going to be gone like and like that's a really important detail like this movie it's great that they're very situated within the world. And so again, like the use of deep focus, which is commonly employed in this is great that like they are standing in a landscape and we see that landscape extend all the way back. They are right here and they are, they're walking on the earth as the earth is a, is 
on the precipice of of imminent destruction like 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 that's really important there are a lot of great shots where it's should be like these nice peaceful um uh like landscapes that are punctuated by a factory or a silo or some yeah. kind of refinery like like that's really important there's a particular shot of during michael's flashback where the sun is behind him in the snow yeah, and he's in the snow and that is a gorgeous shot it it's so a well beautiful used. shot and like you said it's it's ruined by and okay let me clear like, like i know what you mean yeah. the beautiful landscape is ruined by this giant factory that is blocking out the sun the it doesn't ruin the composition the composition the shot is beautiful and the factory is yeah. part of that but i mean that like the beauty of the natural landscape is ruined by this ugly thing um yeah. and i think it's interesting like yeah like like him doing this test and the thing in the background and i think a lot of his like i was also thinking of one shot where it's panning and it's just like like an endless factory refinery in his town in the cold yeah and it's like like it's showing like the expansiveness like it's just it feels like it's never ending uh for what should have been like a a lovely snowy landscape um I another shot I really like is uh, another wide where they're at the fireside and the sunset is in the background and it's cloudy and oh yeah like, yeah, yeah. yeah it's yeah. just like it's it almost looks like it's like day for night or something like an older film technique but yeah it lo- it looks I, like an old like Spielberg film like it looks like uh, yeah yeah it, it's just it's so colorful like the blue yeah. of the the night and the the sun setting and but the the fireside is very lit up and i think maybe like a car headlight is on on them so like they're like in orange oh it's just really great um yeah and i think i think their night scenes they do some more kind of um expressive lighting so like there's the shot of sochi at night smoking and it's like she's just bathed in blue light oh yeah that's gorgeous that's so good um kind of like another like this is one of like night scenes are always a hot topic for cinematography and like how they should be handled and i think this is one of the films that has kind of inspired me like like this is this is a a nice way to light night scenes it helps that they've shot on film too which i think like Mm, true true. there's a a number of things happen one like the the blacks within the frame become especially on the type of film they're using i believe like becomes very black and you can get this nice contrast and that in my opinion there's just something about like when you're when you're crushing your blacks on digital it just looks like bad like it just looks it doesn't look the same as if something is completely underexposed on film which i think if you light it well can look great if there are underexposed aspects on on film like there's the one shot i'm forgetting who it is i think it's sochi that it's just she's going and sitting in her dorm room maybe and it's the frame is almost completely black, but there's light coming in from her window that is just lighting up like part of her face, and it's great. Actually, it reminds me of The Wire. The Wire does that all the time, actually, where it's it's nice. another show that's shot on film, and like they they play with the idea of just completely dropped out, underexposed aspects of the of the frame. And I don't think that works as well on digital. Like I think you you can get that same effect, but you just have to you have to be very uh, conscious about it. Like, I think Moonlight is a movie that does that really well. Moonlight, 
has a does a good job of of like really good contrast in, in images. Um, yeah, they do some interesting things with with uh, with and, night scenes, and that's on digital. And so it's not like you can't do it, but I think that like the choice of shooting on film, choice of shooting on film also begs for you to you can't do this thing where you just have like no real key light or no sort of motivating light. Like you have to have like a light. And that's why like fake moonlight is so prevalent in, um, in like older movies that are all shot on film where it's like, you have to do it. You can't do this. Like, like just grainy, muddy, there's no light outside. So we're not going to have light. Whereas you kind of can do it with film. Like you kind of can just have like a, like a, a dim light on film and just like have that, like, and so, yeah, I, I, I agree. It's gorgeous. Yeah. <laughs> I always, if I said this that way, I have like a long, I, I ramble for like long two minutes and then just be like, yeah, yeah it's good. <laughs> yeah. Um, last thing I have to talk about, uh, is the score. I think the score is something I, I noticed the first time and, uh, as well as the second time. Um, I, I called it kind of like Hans Zimmery in a way. It's like very like synthy and futuristic, and this time I noticed there's like like metal like creaking in the score, and I think it yeah. does so much to like for the for the tension and for the for the tone really. I think it yeah it really kind of like the sinister nature of like this modern world. I guess perhaps is is a way to put it. Uh, I think it does a lot for for the movie, and I I really appreciated that. Um, yeah, and I I think yeah the only thing I'd add is that I just think it's it's placed really well too to like ameliorate yeah. and and improve upon like not that's, ameliorate isn't the right word but to like really like uh, drive home like the feelings that were that are most important of a scene so yeah yeah uh, that's it for me I, I mean I'm I feel like I've said uh, all I can about this movie yeah I think that's I think that's also all I got to say. Cool. Uh, I think we have a segment. We sure do. So <laughs> this feels like a, this is a funny segment for this movie. <laughs> yeah. The title, the title of the uh, the title of the movie is Predator versus the title of the movie. The title of the podcast is Predator versus Movies. Uh, and so we've done the movie part. And now it's time to get into the Predator. We asked the question: Would this movie be better if the Predator from the movie Predator was in it? No, no. <laughs> it what would clearly not be. <laughs> I can't even think of where. Yeah, on this Twitter. is one that. Yeah, on, on Twitter. Twitter. Yeah, sure. Yeah, when they're scrolling through Twitter, they see the predator or something. Sure. Yeah, other That's than it. that, like, like, it would have to be yeah. like one of those cop out answers because it's it's just set in the real world. So like, there's there's no realistic reason you would be anywhere. Yeah, that, that was fun. Uh, well, nice. I have a segment. Usually, Peter does this, but it's my turn. Uh, we have a segment called Predator's Picks. Basically, we're going to tell you what we've been watching, listening to, reading, etc. Uh, what kind of media we've been consuming and what we think of it. Uh, so, Aiden, why don't we uh, hear from you first? Yeah, I, I haven't had too much time to watch stuff over the past week, but I did watch one movie uh, and mostly only watched it because it was assigned for a class. Um, and right. that is why why I made an effort to schedule it in. Um, but yeah, I watched The Truman Show, which is a movie that I expected to not like very much, just based off the premise. I thought it was going to be maybe a little preachy. I thought 
I think that it's used to explore it's used in a similar way that like 1984 is used where it's like mm. it's just like yeah. this kind of paranoia conspiratorial thing like people use it as like this kind of like we're living in a surveillance state whatever like i don't, I don't know people it yeah. just i don't yeah. know it can it's just kind of a silly but i thought this movie was great i actually think that it's almost perfect i like i loved this movie and i think that the only part that there's a part of the movie that over explains itself that like, just to give a bit of context for people that don't know, it's about, it's a movie about like, um, a show. There's a character Truman has had this whole show, um, being broadcasted about him in which he lives in this dome, but he doesn't know he lives in a dome. Uh, cause and it's like modeled to be his hometown and everyone he interacts with is an actor. Um, and it's like all scripted and he, but he doesn't know that, um, and so, like, fuck, what, how did I start that sentence? <laughs> what was it yeah, it's the, ultimate, it's the ultimate blend of reality and scripted television because the yeah. main character... It's kind of like that juror show. Have you heard of this show called Jury Duty? Quick no. tangent. There's a show where there's a, a panel of... Like a jury panel of 12 or so people. 11 of them are actors and one is a real guy. <laughs> And they set up this fake case, and all of the actors are being zany, and one of them is James Marsden. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're just getting the genuine reactions of the one guy who isn't an actor. And there's one clip that I saw that was so funny, where James Marsden is reading a script, like, just like, like I guess they're on break or something, and they're in the courtroom, and he's reading his script, and he goes, ah, 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 Sorry. Whew. Sorry, I just just read something really scary in here. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, That's you funny. can keep talking about the movie you watched. Um, but yeah, there's just a segment of the movie where it, it over-explains certain aspects of the show. And it over-explains, like... And I just, I think it's really, it was, I was like, no, don't do that. Because the movie does such a good job of, like particularly there's a thing with his dad like we find out early on that his dad died and i don't want to spoil why that's important but i think it's like it's really like how that factors into why he has never left the town is so well done and it's so well written and directed and then they just explain it later in the movie they just straight out say it and it's like i didn't need you to do that you you very well established like expertly established what was going on here. Um, but other than that, I thought this movie was like impeccably directed. Like there are so many, like just like, so like, for example, when Truman is like first coming wise to the idea that the, that his, everything is fake and that there's his reality isn't real. He goes through the revolving doors that he goes through every day to get to work. And instead of going through, like we've seen him, because what we've seen him do before this is he lets everyone go by first and then he just goes through and it's normal. He spins around and he spins around and we have this one shot that's like affixed to the door in front of him. So we're just looking at his face as he just goes around and around. And instead of going in the building, he goes out. And like, like that's great directing. Like that is so well done. Yeah. Like that's such... And, like, that's such a good way to explain what is happening and show what is happening within him. I think this movie, like, does a great job of talking about, like, the nature of, like, culture and dominant culture and hegemony versus, like, 
the of human ability to take and reconstruct and renegotiate the narratives that are imposed on us like it's i think that like this is a it's a it's a great movie <laughs> like there's there's a long way out here yeah. i think this is like this is an incredible movie so i would very much recommend this to anyone cool yeah i i, I saw that movie a long time ago i told you this off air but um i was probably too young to appreciate it so that's one of the movies that i while having seen it i need to uh, rewatch it to like fully appreciate it but uh, I've seen a couple things I've had some more free time uh, but not not like a whole lot so I've uh, I've caught up finally on Succession and Barry the final episodes of both of those shows aired a night very nice. excited despite them being exceptionally bleak and just mm. like every episode is like like both of them like like the lead characters are just being the worst versions of themselves possible just like terrible people i yeah. <laughs> the last episode of succession ends with hugo like one of the hugo's like the one of the pr guys and but he's like i don't know like in his 50s maybe 60s and kendall like uh jeremy strong is like yeah. like like you can you can have a seat at the table hugo or like like if, if you help me you'll you won't be at the table it'll just be me i will be like on my own whatever but you'll have the scraps and the scraps will be worth millions so are you gonna be my dog like he says that and hugo's like woof woof and that's the final line of the episode i love like like succession is just like i love the writing uh and then barry is just like it's so different and it truly is like someone else was so it said that it was like Lynchian and every episode that's just getting proven more and more correct. Just the strangest things are happening in that show. Uh, and I'm going to be very sad to see them go, but can't recommend those enough. Uh, I've also been watching um, a show, another Bill Hader show um, called Documentary Now. Mm. And I'm not like a huge doc person, but I did take a doc class with Aiden actually you, this you past year. Yeah. Uh, and watching this show is just so funny based on like the the small amount of knowledge i have about famous documentaries because each mm-hmm. episode is mimicking a famous documentary and doing like a parody version of it oh yeah uh, and so it's like it's true parody of something that i think most people wouldn't care to to do parody of because <laughs> so many people would not care about documentaries and they're just they're so funny so the first one is the first episode is a parody of um i think it's called gray gardens have you heard of this one no so it's about it's about the i think it's the onassis like the the jackie kennedy like her family some of her relatives and it's just like a mother and a daughter who live in like seclusion in this like it is like a manor but it's in total disrepair and so they're kind of like fading out like they're literally like like fading away the you know the cats and animals have overrun the house but like in this version it's bill Hader and fred armison in drag and like they're they're the main characters of every episode it's their show um and they're just like they make it into something like more like texas chainsaw massacre almost like like these are maybe that's not right but like like it's these are characters like who are totally crazy and you know like it's not gonna end well (laughs) like it's like like the characters are supposed to be like like uh 
kind of vain, or like Bill Hader's the younger one, and he's supposed to be a vain character. And she wears like sweatpants on her head as like, oh, do you like I like fashion? And she's like, these are sweatpants, <laughs> by the way. And then every scene she's in, she's wearing something different on her head, and it's always something that's not supposed to be there, like a towel or like a yeah. shirt. Uh, so it's like like lots of visual gags like that. Um, the third episode got into some like dicey territory for me. This is not that old of a show, but it's not like current. Uh, and they did. Do you remember the the documentary about the um, the Inuit person from the twenties? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they do a parody of that, which I was like, yeah. "Whoa, deep cut!" First of all, <laughs> like, yeah. like that is maybe not a deep cut, but like go really go into the trenches of history. Sure. And um, just like that one, I was like, I don't know. It's it's hard to watch, kind of with. Yeah. Kind of like the the really PC mindset that we kind of adopted nowadays. So the biggest issue, so like Bill Hader's character, he's playing like an like an older version of a character who was there during the film. It's so the it's interesting how they do it. It's not a parody of the twenties film. It's like a looking back at the twenties film from oh, okay. let's say like the eighties. So it's it's two. It's like two in one. And so Bill yeah. Hader's character is very old in what is the present of the movie, um, but he, he you know he's he's only using the the, the e term for oh, the Inuit yeah, people, yeah, yeah. and so that I was like mm, that's not great. But uh, it was more the fact that Fred Armisen is playing the Inuit person, and I was like, ah, of course, because like Fred Armisen always does this, where he's he's like racially ambiguous enough that he can play anything or so he believes and this is getting to a point where i'm like red face i'm like "Uh, i don't know if you should be doing that one specifically um that that just felt a little too far for me but uh i mean other than that unfortunately and i'm sure he's this is not gonna be the last time he's doing a racially ambiguous (laughs) caricature uh but like think beyond the fact that he's playing that character no he does also speak the language i really hope that they're actually speaking the language and it's not made up i don't know i don't know about that i'm not gonna look into that but anyways i think the show in concept is very funny so i sort of recommend that just you know be be wary when you watch things anyways i also watched two movies Uh, i watched blackberry uh, which is a Canadian film starring um, Jay Baruchel and and um, Glenn Howerton. Uh, great movie. Um, it's probably a, like a four for me, I think, four stars. Uh, some people <laughs> nice. give it lower, and I, I think that's fair. But um, really just like, like of this trend of doing product or company-based movies, this one feels just so different because it's about like a massive failure that was mm. like, it was a huge, like Blackberries yeah. were huge when they were huge and then like are gone. They're like the, the film at the end is like, they, they used to be at their height. They were like 45% saturation of the cell phone market. Now they are at 0% because they yeah. are gone. They are dead. And like, that is utterly like so fascinating. Um, the film style I did, listen to a podcast before I watched it and it's actually what 
the the interview I heard was what inspired me to watch that over Master Gardener, which turned out to be a bad choice because Master Gardener has left theaters since then, and Blackberry has not. But uh, live and let learn, I guess. Um, and the, they talked about how they filmed it in such a way that was like like evoking documentary style. So they used super yeah. long lenses because they wanted to like evoke like as if there was a documentary crew the whole time, and they could never really get close to them. And so the yeah. lenses keep getting longer because the in in the world of the movie, as they get more famous, they would get less and less access i just find that super fascinating um and glenn howardin puts in a great performance as a really scary guy he just goes full dennis psycho mode from uh it's always sunny just like the whole time uh Mm. the director is also in the movie as one of the main characters as like the comic relief really nails it like i was like oh Oh, that's like yeah he pulls it off uh so i i really like that really really like blackberry and i think I was going to recommend to Peter when he was here, but I think both you and Peter would like that movie for, for different reasons. Um, nice. And then finally, in anticipation of Across the Spider-Verse releasing next week, I rewatched Into the Spider-Verse. Uh, I always forget that it's called Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, but it is yeah. in fact called that. That is the best Spider-Man movie there is. It's a good one. Yeah. Possibly a perfect movie. Um, I need to think on it a little bit. I, I think... Maybe the problem I'm having right now is trying to connect Kingpin's story to what Miles is experiencing, and I like I think there is a bit of a connection in that he's exper- like Kingpin has experienced loss, and um, Miles at one point does as well, but that's that's kind of irrelevant to the my recommendation. Um, truly a phenomenal movie, very very funny. I was actually. I knew I had to rewatch it, and I was kind of dreading it. I was like, "Oh, just, yeah. I don't want to rewatch this. I've seen it twice already, and it's yeah, it's funny, but it's like a kids' movie. Like within seconds of the movie starting, I was like, I'm in. I'm you sold oh, me. Yeah. I'm I'm back in. It's directed like phenomenally. There's some crazy I've... shots in that movie." I feel the same kind of dread right now where I'm like, I know I like that movie. I know I saw it and I really liked it, but I have the same kind of feeling where it's like, I don't want to rewatch that right now. Yeah. When you start it, you're like, um, you remember why you love it. It's, it's yeah. I found it very powerful. And it, I mean, it's been a while since I watched it, which is good uh, for the rewatch, but just so super funny and in kind of like a, a unique way. Um, and I realized like there's just some like truly unique scenes in that movie that you just can't get anywhere else like like truly inspired scenes so like when Peter B uh, Parker is like knocked out and Miles is like dragging along his kind of unconscious body yeah. from the train like how do they think yeah. think of that yeah, that's, a great like, that's crazy that's crazy um, and just like like this Unlike most Spider-Man movies where the theme is always the same with great power comes great responsibility, you know, this is one where it's like, no, he's living up to like the shadow of this great figure. And there's like so many that are just like him. And yet he feels like, like he, he, he needs to find his place in the world. And like that great graffiti he does at the beginning of like no expectations I don't know who I am. Great Expectations is like a novel he's supposed to do. 
um, a book report on, and I, I was just like, wow, this is really strong. And Peter B. Parker being like depressed Spider-Man, love it. It yeah. was great. Great movie. Uh, can't wait for the sequel. Next week, uh, we're going to do that, obviously. We're going to do Across the Spider-Verse. Yeah. Hopefully Peter can make it up for that. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, until next time, check us out on at Predator V Movies on Twitter and Instagram. Um, if you like my thoughts on movies, I leave reviews on Letterboxd at underscore Alex Gordon underscore. And you can also... <laughs> sorry, I, always feel like, I feel like you say more there usually. Sometimes I do, but I think I okay. kind of I rephrased it this time, so I already kind of covered That's why it's confusing. Okay, yeah. I also leave reviews sometimes on Letterboxd. Um, my, I'm 810sunny. That's 810-S-O-N-N-Y. My name is Wombo. I also leave reviews sometimes. I repeated that. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Peter, do you have anything to plug? Oh, no, he's not No, here, he doesn't. He doesn't have anything to plug. So the contract is still valid. Peter did not have anything to plug, so you guys have to rate our, rate our podcast on whatever plug, red platform you listen to it on. Rate the podcast. Um, <laughs> give us a star review. It has to be five. Give us a like. Leave a comment. Say like literally anything. If you like the show, like reach out to us. We'll maybe interact with you. Uh, we'll yeah. probably will. Um, we almost DM us. DM us. No, don't DM us. Uh, that's the one thing. <laughs> don't us, DM us. Demo us. No. Leave Look us up on Google thing. Maps as best you can. Try to try to don't find dox us. Don't <laughs> dox us. Um, but uh, yeah, until next time, I'm Alex. I'm Aiden. No Peter. No Peter. <laughs> uh, and this was Predator versus Movies. Uh, see you next Woo. week. Pew, 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 pew.